Hi there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy in Leadership podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. In this podcast, we interview senior leaders and thought leaders to get their best practices on leading teams, creating and executing strategy, and fostering a culture within an organization that works. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My guest today is Rebecca Zucker, who is the founding partner at Next Step Partners, which is an executive coaching and leadership firm based in San Francisco, LA, New York, and a bunch of other places. Rebecca, how are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is my sincere pleasure. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I've had a chance to look at your firm, look at some of the articles you've written for HBR, and I'm just really excited to just hear your story and and have you share with our listeners. So as a way of getting started, can you tell people a little bit about your background and, and how you started Next Step Partners and how you got to where you are now? I have a business and finance background, and I got my MBA and went into investment banking and did that whole thing, and then worked in Paris doing strategic planning for your Middle East and Africa, and then came back to the States and went back to banking, but in a training capacity. And I ran training for a regional investment bank. And so that was sort of the 90-degree turn towards what I'm doing now. And when I left that investment bank, I knew that this was the work that I wanted to do and got my coaching training and certification and co-founded Next Step Partners with some like-minded colleagues and haven't looked back. It's been 17 years and I feel very blessed to do what I love. I, I think that the common thread through my entire career was that I was always drawn to the people side of things. I love business and I love the intersection of people and business. Maybe as a contrast, what is the difference between the training world that you're in right now and your executive or in your banking background previously? Is it like night and day Mm -hmm. or do you see some uh, overlaps? That's a great question. It's a very different context. Uh, When I was inside an investment bank running training, it was a lot of technical skills training, making sure people had the right resources to learn, you know, how to build a merger model and learning about securities regulation and getting their passing their various licensing exams, things like that. Uh, What I'm working on with my clients now in executive coaching capacity or when I'm designing and delivering group leadership development programs, we are essentially helping people not with the technical side of things, but more on the softer skills. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that the soft stuff is the hard stuff. And so I imagine that you, It is. (laughs) can you tell me a little bit about, I definitely want to know more. I mean, the two sides of your, your practice, the executive leadership side and the group leadership Mm -hmm. side. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the clients that you work with? Obviously you have, you know, a lot of people in your organization and and across the map, but what are some of the things that you see in in your work? Yeah. So there are some common themes that we tend to see and we work with organizations of all sizes, frankly, and all different sectors both for-profit, non-profit, you know, obviously being in the Bay Area where I'm located, there's a lot of technology companies here and anything from financial services, law firms, you know, working with creative folks as well. So it really runs the gamut. But the issues that we're typically working with people on also span a broad range. But some of the themes that we do see are things like helping people pull up out of the weeds and be more strategic or uh, working with people who are perhaps more task 
focused to the exclusion of the people focused and they need to be a little more balanced, need to be a better coach to their teams. People who need to have more patience, be a better listener, manage conflict more effectively, and other topics like executive presence, how they're showing up and inspiring confidence. So So, that's just a sampling of some of the areas that we help people with. Cool. So I get that within all of the geographic regions and all of the sort of different sectors that leaders and, you know, people in in charge, well, really leaders have similar types of not say issues because there's nothing wrong, but similar opportunities for their own growth and development. Is that, you know, fair to say? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Absolutely. Similar challenges. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, executive coaching. So really not so much from a a perspective of like, what is executive coaching? But Mm -hmm. one of the things is taking people like on a new trajectory in their work. So like, walk me through that. What what does it look like? What are some things? And, you know, really out of it is what is something that is practical that management and leadership might be able to take out of it that they can either look for in themselves or look for in Mm -hmm. their people to start expanding their capacity to lead and to produce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really great that you phrase it that way in terms of expanding their capacity to lead, because expanding leadership capacity is not about how many people you hire. It's about the complexity that each person is able to take on and manage so that they can lead the organization effectively. And that ties to really how we look at the world. And you can think of executive coaching as a very individualized or tailored leadership development program that is focused just on you. As I mentioned, we are typically not helping people with the technical aspect of their jobs or even technical aspects of change, which is really information-based, sort of the how-to part, acquiring new skills and knowledge where they could go to a class or read a book to figure those things out. We are working with them typically on what are called adaptive challenges. And these are challenges that are really rooted in limiting beliefs and mindsets that the individual may hold uh, that are getting in their way. So it's essentially helping people get out of their own way. A big part of the executive coaching process is the assessment phase. And the real meat of that assessment phase is a qualitative 360 that we do, where we are asking key stakeholders about both strengths and areas for improvement and getting very rich behavioral detail behind that. Uh, The reason we do a qualitative 360 that's interview-based as opposed to an online tool is it not only equips the individual being coached much more to create the change they're looking to make, but it also, frankly, really equips the coach because I can't tell you what that person meant when they checked that box. Mm. (laughs) But I can ask probing questions to help get at some of the detail that will make that feedback much more actionable. One of the things that I really got about what you were saying in terms of, and I just got like hit in the face with it, was in terms of doing a survey. So putting myself in the shoes of, you know, our listeners is if they're doing a survey with their people or a performance review or or something like that, and it's done online or in survey form, then you don't get like the context of what they're saying and actually you want on one hand don't get the information that you're looking for and two you don't get the tools that you would get in order to be able to better lead that person that that's sort of what i heard in terms of your assessment did i get that right and that's why you do right. these that way? right 
And even when there is room for qualitative comments, what can happen is people tend to be very vague with their feedback. So even if they say something, even on the positive side, like she's great with clients, wonderful. What is she doing that makes her so good with clients? Is it that she's highly responsive? Does she challenge them respectfully? What are the behaviors that you want to reinforce? And likewise, on the improvement side, somebody could say she needs to be more collaborative. Well, what are the behaviors, one, that are telling you that she's not being as collaborative as you would like? And what is it exactly that she needs to be doing more of or less of? So really drilling into that to provide those specifics. Got that. So yeah, for you know, folks listening there, look at when you're talking to your people or you're getting feedback from them, where are they not being specific in what they're sharing? Uh, maybe actually, Rebecca, maybe you can go through your, your entire four-step process because I think that'd be really interesting to hear the, the human side and the business side of your, of your process. As I mentioned, there's the 360 in the assessment phase. We'll also sometimes do personality assessments like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram that can provide additional insights into some of the challenges that we're working on. And once we get all of the 360 feedback, we will then focus on one to two key development goals for the coaching. And we will articulate a detailed development plan. And you can think about this as a roadmap for the coaching. So it's outlining key practices, development resources, reflection practices, progress measures, how will they and other people know that they are making progress on their goals. And those could be internal measures like I will feel more confident doing XYZ uh, or I will feel less stressed or they could be external measures like I will receive more positive feedback around ABC or there will be fewer complaints about XYZ things of that nature. And we will typically review that development plan with the coachee's sponsor or the client's sponsor. And that sponsor is typically the direct manager. Sometimes HR is also involved. And the purpose for reviewing it with them, the sponsor really serves to provide both support and accountability for the coaching. So it's a key element of the program to help make it successful. And I should say that the 360 feedback is only ever given just to the client. We will share high-level feedback themes with the sponsors, but the detailed feedback is only given to the client. In part, this is a very developmental process as opposed to evaluative. So this is completely separate from any kind of performance review or any decisions that go along with performance reviews like promotions or raises. So it's important to make that distinction and make sure the client and their sponsors know about that distinction. Um, But once the development plan is signed off on, then the coach and the coachee meet regularly, typically about every other week, focused on the coaching goals and putting them in context of what is happening in the client's day-to-day and helping them experiment with new approaches, looking at what's working, what's not working, what might they try differently next time? It's really essentially experimenting with new behaviors. And at the end of the coaching, this is typically a six-month time horizon from beginning to end of the program. We will sit down with the client and their sponsors once again, looking at the development plan and the progress measures and look at what is the progress the client feels like they've made? Uh, what's the progress that the sponsor has observed or heard from others? And what should the focus of their development be B 
beyond the coaching and what support might they need internally from their sponsors or from other folks. In terms of just like the sponsor perspective, what are some of the motivations for the sponsor to put somebody on their team through this type of training? Because obviously, you know, it's a little bit different. It might not be internal. You're looking external. What motivates them to make that happen? What goes through their head before, before that? A key factor that goes into making this type of investment for the sponsor is essentially wanting to build the organization's leadership capacity. And so it might be preparing this person to cross a promotion threshold or putting them in a better position to get that promotion, or they may have already crossed it. And this is about helping them to be successful in that new role. Okay. So like, for example, the sponsor sees that there's a potential for this person to learn for whatever reason that is. And then you work with this person to identify their own developmental goals and then like track them in like uh, either qualitative or quantitative way to say, Hey, you know, is this happening more or less of this? And is that working for you? But it's really just like an investment into that one person so they can expand on whatever area is most important to them, not necessarily what is most important to the client or to the sponsor, if that makes sense. Well, it, it does need to be important to the organization. And that's, part of the purpose of that initial three-way meeting. We call it the alignment meeting because the, so two things need to happen with respect to the uh, development goals. One, it needs to be a development goal that serves the organization. And the second thing is that it needs to be a development goal that the individual is motivated to work on. You know, it's one thing that it's important to the company, but if the individual really doesn't care that much about it, you know, it's not going to be as successful. So they need to be aligned. Yeah, absolutely. Making sure, well, you know, everything we talk about in terms of strategy and, you, you know, you're obviously super familiar with organizational strategy in terms of everybody having to be moving in the same place and doing the same things and having the same goal. So maybe we can shift gears a little bit to talk about the group leadership training that you do and, you know, how you bridge the skill gaps at that group level to get even greater organizational alignment and even greater organizational performance. How do those two things differ? So when you're looking at typically a layer of the organization, and it can be any layer, it could be an executive team, it could be new managers or um, experienced managers, people who are maybe new vice presidents in an organization, helping them learn together really helps create a community around learning. And we have a, a program in particular called Lear Forums. And our group programs can be anything from a one-off workshop on something like coaching skills or feedback skills. Even more powerful is this leader forum format, which combines group workshop modules on various topics that are important for that particular level of leadership, combined with program coaching, which is different from executive coaching in that it's a slightly lighter touch. And that might be in the form of small group coaching or one-on-one -on -one coaching after each module to help one, create some accountability for putting the learning into practice um, to also help personalize the experience, to give people a space to talk about things that are more personal to their own situations that they may not feel comfortable talking about in a large group. And then to really just help them integrate that learning even more. So to create some stickiness, if you will, around um, the content and what they're practicing. 
So if I hear what you're saying that there is a greater success in a way, obviously different ways, but by putting people in the groups, it maybe opens them up a little bit to the learning, creates a, a greater, like a more team atmosphere around it. So it's less of like a personal I'm, because I, I don't know if you feel that sometimes you talk to people and if you talk about their performance or they talk about whatever's going on with them, it comes off as a really like personal thing as if like they're not enough or they're wrong. But do you find that in the group situation, it opens it up to like, oh yeah, this is actually fun and we're all doing, we're all in it together. It's not like I'm being being singled out it's you know as a team we're all working towards the same thing we're all aligned to to making this happen does that yes and i would say whether it's a one-on-one -on -one program or a group program you know all of our programs are positioned as you are we've chosen you to be part of this program because the organization believes in your potential and wants to invest in you so it's always a very positive message as opposed to something is wrong with you that we need to fix but the part of the power of the cohort-based leader forums is, like you said, they're in it together. There are relationships being built, camaraderie that's developing, and they're learning from each other. And they're sharing their own experiences and seeing that they're not alone, that other people have the same challenges that they have. And they're learning not just from the facilitator and the content, but they're learning from each other. There are always small homework assignments for them to be doing. So we're mixing up how they're learning and who they're learning with. They are getting to know different people through the various exercises in the program, um, whether that's doing a paired exercise, a triad, a, a small group of some kind, or talking and having a larger group discussion with everyone in the room. Well, there's like the facilitator, but everybody else in the room is a teacher, not like not just the facilitator, but everybody teaches from one another. And I imagine that they, they hear it better or they at least hear it differently because then it's coming from a, a peer instead of, I don't know, an authority, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting because, you know, oftentimes we're brought in because they will likely hear it more from us than their own internal folks. But even within the session, it's more powerful when they hear it from each other than from the facilitator. Cool. So we talked about the, you know, the individual, the executive coaching, we talked about the group leadership and, and getting everybody up to speed. You know, as we look at the leadership that we're listening to here, what are the like maybe two or three best practices that you could share from your experience, obviously, you know, across the world and working at different levels? What are the two or three best like takeaways that you would want to instill in these type of leaders? And obviously understanding that everybody has their own gaps and everybody has their own needs, but do you have a couple pieces of advice that you find are, you know, really useful for, for creating the space for leaders, whether that's the C-suite or board chairs to really like empower their people to either take on this journey or just for them to like develop their own leadership internally. Anything that comes to mind in that regard? Yeah. Well, what I would say is important for any leader to invest in themselves and likewise to invest in, you know, the people who are working with you is to encourage people to continuously ask for feedback. I find that this is an area that a lot of organizations are very challenged in. We do a ton of feedback training for this very reason. And you see organizations, there are a lot of organizations that are getting rid of the performance review with good intentions to have more regular feedback conversations. They don't always happen. And if you feel like you're not getting the feedback you need to continue to grow, you need to ask for it. 
And then you also need to actually listen to it when, <laughs> once you've asked for it, because if you ask for it and you don't listen or you get defensive, people will stop giving it to you. And that goes to the second thing, which is to really take a growth mindset to your learning in that uh, we can all raise our game. Sometimes we get feedback that stings a little or is embarrassing, but to really sort of self-manage enough to look for what the learning is in the message that people are delivering to you. And then the other piece that I would say is to not only make yourself vulnerable in sharing what you're working on with other people, because it makes it okay for others to do the same, but to create space for reflection, to regularly check in with yourself around, how am I doing with this? What am I doing well? Where do I have the opportunity to do better? What's an opportunity that's coming up, say, in the next week or so where I could practice uh, doing something a little differently with respect to this area that I'm trying to improve? And, you know, that space for reflection is not only a way to hold ourselves accountable, but it really helps us learn. Got it. I mean, that was one of the things that came to mind is, you know, I have yet to find an executive or a leader that with it has free time. So in terms of, you know, asking for feedback or, you know, growing, a, uh, having a growth mindset or making yourself vulnerable and, and, and self-reflecting, you know, these things don't take a lot of time. They just, they are a practice that you got to just like bring forth to make happen. And I mean, what would you say is the opportunity for these people to do so? What, what is the opportunity for them to take that extra five minutes and the opportunity for the business? Well, it's all growth. It's um, going back to expanding your leadership capacity. We can all raise our game and we all have blind spots. We don't know what we don't know. So to be continuously looking for those things so that we can get better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I assert that if they're listening to this podcast, they're in the game of getting better. And uh, I really appreciate everything that you've shared today, Rebecca, and hopefully given our leader, uh, leaders and listeners uh, something to take away, something to expand their capacity and really to be able to like fill up and build up the people in their organization. Because uh, I'm sure you'd agree that the more you invest in people and the more you like pour into them, uh, it, I mean, it creates business results, but it also makes the experience more fun. And then you get something on the personal side, like it's not just the business side, but it's the human being side of leading and that's what makes life worth living when you you can really contribute to people yeah. and give to people so yeah how can people get a hold of you and do you have any content that that you really want to share with people make sure it gets in their hands sure well people can follow me on twitter at rs zucker and they can also go to our website at nextsteppartners.com they can go uh, get a few great downloads at nextsteppartners.com slash list. They can download our favorite leadership development resources, a list of what those are. And they can also download the top 10 ways to get the most out of coaching if they go to nextsteppartners.com slash 10 tips. And that's the number 10, then tips. Fantastic. And we'll be sure to put those links in the bio when the blog comes out. Wonderful. Uh, I've been chatting with Rebecca Zucker, who is the founding partner at Next Step Partners. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Great talking with you. 
Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate it five stars on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you have somebody in your network that is looking at expanding the capabilities of their people and expanding the growth in the people around them, be sure to send them this podcast as well. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time. If you're getting ready to lead the strategic planning process yourself, be sure to check out our strategic planning toolkit. It has video walkthroughs to guide you through each step in the planning process from vision to action planning. We'll also have workbooks and downloads to document your plan and best practices to help get your team bought in so the plan gets executed successfully. You can get instant access to all the tools, all the templates, and all the downloads at smestrategy.net slash course.